Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's pray. I love that, Sarah. Thank you. Um, just join with me if you're in this room or online. Pop your hand on your heart as we pray. Lord Jesus, we echo what Sarah's just said, God. We say that we are ready to hear your voice today. And so I pray for every single person that can hear my voice right now, God. I pray that we would go away with a word in season, with a, something that's direct from you for us this morning, God. We pray. We're here for you, Jesus. We're here to listen to you. Open our eyes, God, to things that we've not seen maybe before. And Jesus, would you have your way as we receive from you today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to tell you something that happened to me two weeks ago. I, our son Caleb, he started school in September. So he started school, and no one prepared me that dropping him at school would almost be like, for me, going back to school. So every morning when I drop him off at the gate or I pick him up, I am constantly thinking, okay, who could I be friends with? I'm that kind of odd one that's there, like super smiley, and and people there on their phone, like, please do not talk to me, Katie. (laughs) Um, But I'm there trying to make friends, because Caleb only knew one child in, in this school when he started, so we knew one family well, but we didn't know anyone else, and so I'm desperately trying to make friends, and it's taken six months, but I've finally found a few friends, and what I didn't realize is it's almost like you have the groups, don't you? It's like going back to school. You've got the, the sporty group of parents that are heading straight to the gym after school drop-off. And then you've got the work parents who are there trying to connect to a Zoom call or doing their emails or on a phone call. And then any PTA parents in here? You guys are like my heroes or online. Oh my gosh, there are. I, I honor you guys because you get these PTA parents who are like phonics governors. Who even knew you need a, a phonics governor or a bake sale rep? I love, we, we went actually on Friday to a bake sale at Caleb's school. And health and safety is huge these days, right? In schools, we, we get a phone call every time Caleb scrapes his knee. Like back when I was a child, it was like, just carry on, get on with it. But we get a phone call to let us know so the school are covered. But what's funny is when it comes to bake sales, health and safety goes completely out the window. So we're there with our money going to buy some cakes that have been made in who knows whose kitchen with a child who maybe has COVID, maybe has a cold, I don't know, who's maybe like wiping their nose as they're, they're doing the mixture. But hey, we get the bake sale parents. You guys are heroes. I, I honor you, seriously. Um, but we get invited to a play date. So this is what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. We get invited to a play date. Me and Caleb, and Caleb's so excited in the way that he's saying, this is the best day since Christmas, and and I I don't love playdates, I'm not going to lie. I am that parent that Josh and I flip coins, who's going to go to birthday parties, because I... Uh, Maybe this is why I've struggled to make friends, I don't know. But (laughs) I I just do not love all of that stuff. And I know if you've got teenagers in here, you're probably looking at me like, Katie, just you wait. There'll be a day that you will want to go with them to that birthday party, just so you know who their friends are and what's going on. And I realise that. But right now, I do not love all of that. And so we're going to this play day. The boys have gone off screaming already. There's four boys and then four mums sat around the kitchen table and we're drinking tea It's all very nice getting to know. One of them actually is the phonics governor. She's great. And (laughs) I'm I'm sat there. And uh, Caleb goes to a Christian school. So it's a Church of England school. 
And we're sat round, and one mum goes, this is her conversation starter, I don't know why I sent my son to a Christian school, now he's wanting to read the Bible before bed. And then the ne- I'm sat there like, oh gosh, <laughs> just sat, sit quietly. The next parent goes, oh yes, well, my child is wanting to pray with me. And then we get to the next one and she's saying, oh, at Christmas, my child wants to watch this awful movie. It's called The Star. And it's all about the nativity and Jesus coming. It's one that we've watched many times because I really like it. And it's, it's a great representation of Jesus coming to earth for us. And they go around and I'm just sipping on my tea thinking, please, Lord, do not let them ask me what I do for a job. Please, this is not the time. I don't want to get into it. This is not the moment. Um, because we love praying and we love reading the Bible and, and singing songs about Jesus and all that stuff that they were like, oh, I can't believe my child wants to do this. But I got home, seriously, and I felt so convicted. I got home and I was like, oh, God, what if I had gone into that situation rather than dreading it, thinking, what if I'm sent for those mums? What if I'm sent into that situation? What if I have got something to input? What if actually I should have spoken up maybe? How might have things played out differently? And the Evangelical Alliance and Church of England, recently they've done a survey, which um, is a research project, and they surveyed non-Christians, and they found almost six in 10 of non-Christian adults who know a Christian that is practicing said that they have... They've shared, them, they've shared their faith about Jesus with them. So six in 10. But four in 10, 41% of the non-Christian adults who know a practicing Christian told them the Christian they know has never spoken to them about Jesus. I wonder if any of our friends and families could say that about us. And they surveyed Christians to find out why this might be. And they found a third, 31% of practicing Christians told them they're afraid of causing offense when they talk about Jesus. 34% think that others are better suited to share than they are. And 26% say they don't feel comfortable when talking to non-Christians about Jesus. And 21% said they don't know how to talk about Jesus. They're afraid of causing offense. They think others are better suited. They don't feel comfortable. And they don't feel that they know how to talk about Jesus. Do any of us ever feel like that? Feel like, I'm not qualified. I'm not the right person in this situation. Maybe for me, I'm, I'm great on the school gate where it's a quick, hi, how's your week? And I can talk about Jesus, but actually, God, send someone else for the play dates because I don't feel equipped for that situation. Send the the nice churchy mum who's at all the bake sales and and loving them to Jesus that way. And God, that's a much better person than me going in and, and trying to talk about Jesus. And there's a conversation in the Bible that happens between a man and God. And this man is basically saying some of this stuff. He's saying, God, send someone else, not me. I am not the most suited. I have doubts. I have a list of things of why I shouldn't be the person that's in this situation. But maybe, maybe God is saying to some of us, like he does to this man, No, you are the one I've sent. You are the one I've chosen to go into that situation. Not one day, but right now. And this conversation, if you want to follow along, is found in Exodus 4. Exodus 4. We find God and Moses talking. And God has just called Moses by name. So he said, I know your name, Moses, Moses. Some of us today, I want to remind us that God knows your name. God knows your name. 
You're not one in a crowd. No, God knows your name. He knows the very hairs upon your head. He knows your CV. He knows your ins and outs, your dreams, the desires of your heart. God knows you. He knows who you are. He's calling you by name. And this is uh, Moses' response. So God's given him an assignment and said, go, I want you to help rescue a people group out of slavery. It's a big assignment, but this is what he says. Moses answers, what if they do not believe me? And they say, the Lord did not appear appear to you. He's doubting himself. He's saying, what if God, what if they don't believe little old me? And then the Lord says, what is in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. And so Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and turned it back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who's been faithful, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your coat. So Moses put his hand into his cloak and when he took it out, his skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put it back into his cloak and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. My first point today is what's in your hand? What's in your hand right now? Last Saturday, I went to a conference with Pastor Angie and she was saying, okay, let's take some Breathe conference brochures to these ladies because they want to hear more about the Breathe conference. So I was there carrying some stuff. She was parked at Sainsbury's across the road from here. And I also picked up some of our Breathe devotionals that were given out as a gift written by some women in here a couple years ago. I was walking across to Sainsbury's and we were in a bit of a rush because I had to get back and I was getting a lift. And there at Sainsbury's was a lady who was selling the big issue. And I'd seen her a couple of times and I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to walk past. We're in a rush, got to carry all this stuff. It was quite heavy. I had all my work stuff and was walking past and I felt God say to me, you've got something in your hand. And I looked down and I'm like, I do. I've got this brief devotional. And so I stopped for a minute and I was able to have a conversation, give her the devotional and say, hey, I go to the church, cross the road, you're welcome to join. We've got these different services that that you might find of interest to you and your situation. And we had this conversation just because there was something that to me was quite an ordinary thing that I see quite often that to her was actually a tool. And so I want to remind us, you know, that was just a book. But when the Holy Spirit anoints stuff, when the Holy Spirit anoints stuff, it becomes so much more than just a book. And we talk about anointing in church a lot. It's it's a word that's, that's used lots, anointing. But what it is, is dedicating something to God and saying, God, this this ordinary thing, maybe it's a a person, God anoint me, it's very ordinary, but God, when your Holy Spirit comes, it turns into an opportunity, it turns into something that is not ordinary at all because God has touched it. Right now, just join me, put your hands out. I'm going to pray. Lord God, I thank you for your people, and God, I pray right now that you would reveal to people things that are in their hands that, Lord, maybe we have just counted as ordinary. Maybe it's a a gift of discernment or hospitality or whatever it might be that maybe have laid dormant. God, I pray today that you would awake some of those things, Lord, that you would anoint the work of our hands, that we may be the most effective versions of of us as we can be, Lord God, to share who you are with our world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
See, this is just my thoughts this week on an iPad, okay? It's just a message that I've written. First time on an iPad, actually. Feels very 21st century, anyway. Um, but you know, when the Spirit of God anoints, when God anoints something, this believes, uh, this becomes, I believe, a tool that can actually change lives. That it can be a word straight from heaven that I believe can cut through stuff and bring about real life change. Maybe for you it's, I'm, I'm just a great cook. I'm just a great cook. Actually, when, when God anoints something, that can be, no, this is a gift of hospitality. This is a gift of, I'm gonna be someone who sets lonely in families, that opens my home up to those that don't have a home that feels like this. Maybe for you it's just an office job that you're, you're in right now. But actually, I believe that can be somewhere where you can bring something of the Father's heart into a place. When you get touched with the anointing of God, it can be actually through integrity and joy and hope. I'm going to bring change into this place. Maybe for you, it's children right now. Your hands are full with literally children. Actually, when God brings anointing, it can be, you know, my gift to this world is not going to be something I do, but it can be someone I raise, God. It can be someone I raise. The anointing of God when he touches our hands. And so what's in your hands? What's in your hands? What are you using right now? That's what God says to Moses. What is in your hand? What can be dedicated to me? What can be used by me? Someone who has mentored me quite a lot encouraged me, and I'd encourage some of you guys to do this, to write a list, literally write down a list of what I bring to the table. And it was quite life-changing for me, actually, because I'd never really thought about it. We get about our day-to-day, oh, this is what I'm good at, these are my hobbies. But actually, what is it that I'm great at? What is it that you're great at? What can you bring to the table that actually maybe only you can do into that place that you are, that sphere of influence? Let's pick up what happens next. Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and of tongue. I have never been eloquent. And the Lord says to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you to speak, and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Moses is pretty gutsy, isn't he? God's like, he's saying, I've never been that. And God's saying, I gave you your mouth. And he's still saying, send someone else. Send someone else. So my second point is this. Are you waiting for God to send someone else? Are you waiting for God to send someone else? I was that day when I was sat around with some of the PTA mums feeling very inadequate. I was thinking, God, not me. I'm not the right person in this situation. This isn't my safe kind of area where I can input. Where are you waiting maybe in areas to God to send someone else? I've been at some church leaders things even three weeks ago. Josh and I went to a church leaders thing and I was sat around and it was full of white, much older than me men. And I'm not slating any white men. I married a white man, love white men. Not, not at all trying to do that. But I, <laughs> I walked into this conversation, I walked into this place and I genuinely was like, oh God, this is not for me. Like, please, there must be someone else. How on earth am I going to connect with these people? How on earth are they not going to just dismiss what I've got to say? How am I meant to, we went in, it was leaders around Cambridge. How am I going to build connections that are going to be helpful? Please, God, send someone else. But guess what? I'm pleased he reminded me. No, I've sent you. I've sent you into that situation. I have sent you. I have chosen you. I have sent 
you. And our days are numbered, church. I think we can forget. We spend a lot of time, maybe it's, it's just me, but maybe some of you too, spend a lot of time overthinking. Spend a lot of time thinking, do you know, Jesus, once I'm more qualified or once I've done this course or once I'm older, God, I'll do it. But until then, send someone else. Or once my kids have grown up, maybe, then I'm going to have all this time. But until then, God, send someone else. Or once I'm retired, God, then I can stop with this climbing of the career ladder. But right now, that's my main focus. Until then, God, send someone else. We can do it very naturally. And God says, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord, now go. I will help you. Now go. I have never been eloquent, Moses says. I have never been eloquent. I could go around this room and give us probably lists of people, those of you I know anyway, of reasons why we shouldn't be sent by God. Why we shouldn't be those that are sent into this world. I have a list for me. I have a list of things. As a teenager, I was living very immorally, and I was mean, and I was not kind. I, I shoplifted at one point. I've got a whole list of God. Why, why would you send me? But the Bible tells us, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so that the good things you can do that he planned for us long ago, he sent me and he sent you. And so we need to get rid of those lists because when we pick up our lists and we say, oh, but what about this from the past? Or I love what both Dylan and Sarah said because it felt so entwined with this point that, you know, there is so much on all of our lists of why we shouldn't be sent by God. There is so much, but when we pick it up, we're almost saying, God, the cross is not enough for me. The cross is not enough because when Jesus died on that cross, he said, I am creating you a new, new creation in Christ Jesus. That is who you are. That is your identity. So when we pick up that list, we're saying, oh, but I'm not sure if that price was enough. We've all got reasons why we shouldn't be sent. We've all got reasons why God should send someone else, but he has sent us. And Moses, he spent a lot of his life thinking, was he on the right track, doubting himself, doubting God, not knowing where he was going. But imagine if we, he managed to get a whole people group free of slavery, lead them out of slavery. Imagine if we knew who we were and we didn't overthink and we didn't doubt. Imagine what the church would look like. Imagine how much power would come. Imagine the lives that would be changed and the chains that could be broken off people if we lived more like that. Then Moses, what happens next? So Moses has said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burnt against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron? I know that he can speak well and he's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and, he will, and put words into his mouth and I will help both of you speak and teach you what to do and he will speak to the people for you and it will be as if you're, he was your mouth and you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. <clears throat> God says, I will help both of you speak. And my last point is that we are sent together. We are sent together. 1 Corinthians 1, 27, it says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to become the strong. Ever feel foolish? 
God chose the foolish. We don't have to have it all together, church. We, we can be in our foolishness and we can still be effective. God chooses the foolish and then he says, no, but I'm gonna do a work in your life. I'm gonna turn things around in your life. And then as we read on, Moses, he goes to his father-in-law. I've not got the scriptures for this, but he goes for his, to his father-in-law and says, this is what God has said to me. And his father-in-law could have said, oh, but what about this? Have you counted the cost? Have you thought about how you're going to provide in this way? But his father-in-law literally says to him, go, and I wish you well. Go, and I wish you well. And who I kind of want to just challenge us. Who, whose voices do we hear? Who's whispering into our ears? Go, go. If God spoke it, he'll do it. Go. Go, if God's started something, he will complete it. But sometimes we can slip into the, oh, I'm listening to the people that are saying, oh, but what about the cost? What about your kids? What about these, these different things that, yeah, we all have that natural fear, but God sometimes says, go, and we need those people. It's why we're sent together, and it's why we're like Jethro to each other, this father-in-law that encourage one another, but also challenge one another and say, no, go. Go, do the things that God has spoken to you to do. Go, don't don't hold back, church. Go and do those things. We are sent together. Will you stand with me before we um, wrap up? I'm going to pray. Just close your eyes where you are. And I want you to imagine the words of God as you enter eternity, because eternity is coming to us all. I want you to imagine the words of, well done, good and faithful servant. And is there anything that you know that Jesus has said, it's time to act on this now? It's time to bring some changes. I actually felt as I was preparing this message that for at least one person in this room or online, there's going to be a job change as a result of today. Because you know God has been speaking to you about something But you're thinking, oh, but what about this? What about that? But you know God said it. And so it's time to act on it. Is there anything that you need to act on today that God has spoken to you? God, may we use what's in our hand. I thank you for every single person here. I thank you for the gifts in this room, King Jesus. God, I thank you for David Ogilvie, God. I thank you for his gift of creating home for people, Lord God. Thank you for his gift of making people feel more comfortable in who they are and being who who they are to you, Lord God, and comfortable in their own skin. I thank you that's a God-given gift on his life, Lord God, that that is who he is, King Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for Andy and Lisa Gray. I thank you for the gift of hope that they bring to people. Something of your hope, Jesus, of persevering, Lord God, of what it means to be um, in love with you and live a life that is radical when, when maybe they shouldn't have at times, Lord God, or people would have told them they shouldn't have, God. I thank you that they are people that bring hope and courage to others, God. I thank you that's a gift. May it be used for you, King Jesus. 
Lord God, I thank you for Ian and Jean Hobbs. I thank you, God, for the prayer warriors they are. I thank you that they have fought battles, Lord God, that nobody would know about, Lord Jesus, just because they've had time with you, conversations with you that have shifted things, God, in the supernatural, that there will be people in eternity because of the prayers they have prayed, Lord God, that they will long outlive them their prayers, Jesus, because you are a God who is a God who is faithful, Jesus. I thank you for them. And God, we pray right now, may we use what's in our hands. We will not wait to send someone else, Lord God. We declare today that we are here for such a time as this. And so, God, we, we come and we say we're ready to be a sent people. We realise we are sent together, God. May you help your church. May you help us, Lord God, encourage and challenge one another so that we can push each other forward into making disciples for you, King Jesus. May we see this year's supernatural growth in your church, in this place, but also right across the world, Jesus. May we see your, grow, your church grow, Lord God. May the, the weird, dysfunctional family that church is, God, would you continue to use? Would you bless God? And we say today, Jesus, that we choose to live as sent people on mission here for you, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.